BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. to another week of Friend of a Friend. We're doing something super fun this week. I've brought on Christiana. She's my producer. You guys have heard about her a thousand times. But the two of us are kind of movie buffs, her way more than me. I love to like ask her her opinion and I'm just like, oh yeah, totally. But she's at movie.brat on Instagram and she is constantly posting reviews and really just like funny shit and I love her for it. But we shoot the shit on film and people and things all the time. And with the Oscars coming up and award season coming to an end, I thought it would be so fun to have her on the show and just share our thoughts on the season, movies that we loved, people that we loved, the fashion. And we'll also dive into probably like some TV shows we're watching and just kind of give you guys like a full 360 entertainment vibe from our minds for the day. So fun episode. I'm really happy to be doing this because I love every time I get to sit down with you and just talk. It's always really fun. Well, I'm going to just put my NPR voice on for a second and say thanks so much for having me, Liv. (sighs) It's great to be here. Great NPR voice. Thank you. Anytime. I've been working on it. I could tell. (laughs) I could definitely tell. Okay, so I'm always someone who will like casually watch all the Oscar nominations. Like I'll let the, I'll let it like go through time. I'm not someone who like binge watches them. Yeah. For this, I feel like I maybe caught two in the beginning. And then for the past week, I've been like going ham on all of them. Because let's be honest, like watching the Oscars is so much fun. But watching them when you haven't seen all the movies, it's just pointless. That is why last year's Oscars, the 2021 Oscars, had 50% less viewership than any other Oscar. Like it was by far the least watched Oscars of its entire history since 1953. So I want to get your thoughts on this because this is something that I've been thinking about, especially as I was watching the nominations and just kind of like assessing the way that I felt after watching them. I feel that there are so many movies that impact our culture as a whole on a deeper level. We feel emotionally connected to them or they get really, really, really loud praise. Like the, the movies that trend on Twitter, the movies that are, you know, the top of the box office at HBO and things like that. But they are never the winners. It's always like this kind Shrek. Of like... <laughs> <laughs> no, Pulp Fiction didn't win the year that it was nominated. That's a big one. People always point to. Do you see what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. And so my thoughts on the Oscars this year are, and we'll obviously get into this. I have so many thoughts, you guys. I have so much to say today. We'll obviously get into this, but there are movies in there that I think should be clear winners based on how much they captivated 
the our, culture. The culture. Mm-hmm. And then there are movies that I think are just going to win because they're like artsy and cool. Yes. And like have like the artsy actors in them. Granted, they were amazing movies, but I just keep thinking about what that tells about the Oscars in general. Like, are they an accurate reflection of the cinephiles of the world? I think it's a very valid criticism that the Oscars often receives that it's really kind of like playing to the industry and not necessarily to the culture as a whole. And that what we might call sort of, it's sort of like, it feels like insider ball sometimes to watch. And and like, for example, if the Oscars was playing to the culture, then Spider-Man No Way Home would have been nominated for (laughs) Best Picture. No, but like Marvel movies would have made much bigger splashes and they would be nominated for Best Picture instead of just Best Visual Effects. Like, guaranteed because they've obviously had such an impact on culture. The superhero genre as a whole has just had like a, has gone from being yeah, nerd like niche another, to major. It's just another category for me. Right. Another category for me. Not, Liv says not my culture. She said it didn't my, impact my culture. I mean, look, over the holidays, I posted some Stephanie Shepard, who I'm sure a million people listening to this podcast know of. She is a huge, yes. huge Marvel fan. Right. And I have always, like, admired her for that because I had never really seen a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I saw Iron Man when it came out. I was a kid. Wonderful. But I never saw any of the others. Like, she was I like, I'm done. After Iron Man, she said, never again. She said, I hate Robert Downey Jr. I actually loved Iron Man when I was a kid. Great. But you said, nope, no more. I'm like a, I'm like a, um, I'm a feel-good movie gal. Like, I do not need to watch the, like, massive titanium truck being flipped upside down down Fifth <laughs> Avenue and Scarlett Johansson flying out of the sky. Like, I love it. Not for me. I'm really, it's funny that you say that because I think of Marvel movies as feel-good movies. Like, there's never going to be a time. Certainly, they will put you through the emotional ringer, but, like, there's never going to be a time a Marvel movie is really going to, like, end up so bad and, like, right. leave you feeling, like, desolate, you know? Like, <laughs> you're not going to leave a Marvel movie feeling like you did at the end of Power of the Dog. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Power of the Dog. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited. I actually am just holding out. I'm bringing up every subject before we get to Power of the Dog, so you guys have to hear me out. Until that dog is done. powerful. Powerful, man. Powerful <laughs> dog. So over the holidays, I started, Alex was like, okay, we're going to watch The Avengers, because mm-hmm. Alex loves Love Marvel that. in general. Mm-hmm. We watched The Avengers, and he, like, videotapes me, like, watching the fight scene, and I'm like, oh, 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 oh my God. <laughs> and my little sister, who's such a big fan, texts me and goes, is it weird that I know exactly what part you're watching right now? And I was like, wow, like Marvel people, they're real. So yes. I text Stephanie Shepard and I'm like, hey, like, give me the rundown. Like, tell me what that order. She made a personalized custom list for me that I needed to get through. And I posted it and people it's were intimidating. like, people were like, can't wait to follow you on this journey. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't Ooh, think this is something I want. This is not, <laughs> didn't really keep going. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will eventually when I get bored again, aka the holidays, but. Just, you know, I love the Avengers. Let's leave it there. But so, yes, don't think that there's, like, I think there's a difference between, like, superhero Avengers appeal and, like, other movies that are just great. Yeah. Okay, wait. So give me an example of something. Like, what's a feel-good movie for Liv? What's one of your favorite movies? We want to talk about, like, well, let's keep it in the nominations. I watched Coda last night. Mm Mm-hmm. I was obviously laying in bed. Mm Mm-hmm. When I tell you that there was, like, That's not obvious, actually. Okay, sorry. I was like laying in bed, obviously sleeping. If I'm like laying down and I'm like crying, like my tears are going down the side of my face mm-hmm. and they're like, the water is like pooling at the little like yes. hole, like clavicle, little clavicle thingy. thing at yeah. my neck. Uh-huh. It was, it was soaked. Puddle. Like, puddle. She said a puddle. A puddle. Oh, and I was man. sweating. I'm scared to watch this movie. It was, oh my God, you haven't seen Coda? No, there's a couple on the best picture. I've seen most, but not all. Couple on the best picture I list I haven't watched. I've seen you haven't seen and vice versa. Everyone's listening to this like, 
she's not a movie brand. She's not a real fan. <laughs> no, but I, I'll get but, there. But wait, this I think actually goes back to what we're talking about, where mm-hmm. I do think that like there's just two different genres of people and what they gravitate towards. Yes, and for sure. That I think butts heads at the Oscars. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Coda does seem like a good example of a feel good film. I'm not sure if Belfast will be perceived that way or not. Seems like it's kind of like it's heavy. Belfast, right. like, I'm, I'm so sorry to Belfast and Jamie Dornan fans because love, but I couldn't get through it. Yeah, that's it what I'm worried about. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was like... Even if the ending is... You know, like, I sat on my couch, I turned it on, loved the black and white, loved Jamie Dornan, loved that I realized he had that accent, didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Loved that he's, like, from there, and I loved, like, hearing the press about it because he was so proud of, like, his native homeland. It was very mm. cute. But, you know, I sat down, turned it on. Then slowly picked up my phone. Then slowly the computer joined me on the couch. And I was like, oh, oh. it didn't capture There goes me. the neighborhood. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like I'm not, I, I'm not judging anybody who does not look forward to watching Belfast. There's like one movie every year, I feel like, when, in the Best Picture nominees that like doesn't really exist or that people are just like, yeah, I just gotta watch this one. Like, I feel like <laughs> Belfast is that one this year. But I, yeah, it's it's depressing. Mm-hmm. It's very depressing. As a feel-bad movie. Tell me more about you, what you loved about Coda. Coda, I would say, is... It's a movie about something that we overlook in everyday life. And actually made me think about a whole community of people that deal with what... I think her name is Rose. Hold on, let me check, guys. Deal with what the main character deals with. And so for people who haven't seen it yet, it's a story about a girl and her parents and brother are all deaf. And she was the only one who was born with hearing. So even though they had a, you know, an existence before she was around, her entire life kind of became about interpreting for them. And they're a fishing family. And it got, gets to a point at the end where the family starts a new business to continue to make money. And they rely on her to, to interpret for the business but she has an incredible singing voice, which they never get to hear because they're deaf. So they almost don't really believe in her or know what's going on. I think she's all right, probably. No, she's a beautiful singer. They're probably just then watching everybody's reactions to her singing, kind of gauging oh, off horrible. of that, right? It, it was it was really devastating to watch. Yeah. Um, but also, like, a beautiful story. But I think for me, it's like, I love movies that are kind of in the nuance. And that felt very in the nuance for me. It wasn't mm. this, like, big action thing. It was about really seeing... It's two different lives at once. Mm-hmm. And it really made me think about how many, you know, kids there are, members of family that kind of have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I think when I'm forced kind of out of my own bubble and into someone else's world, and especially one that's very, very real and mm-hmm. that people have to deal with, I was deeply moved by Coda. Deeply, deeply moved. It's... And like to watch a movie for an hour and a half that's completely insane. Yeah. Was just, it's a different experience. And I love movies that force me out of my comfort zone. A hundred percent. I feel like it has something of a kinship and as saying as somebody who's not seen it yet, but something of a kinship with last year's Sound of Metal. Did you see Sound of Metal? I didn't, but yes, I, mm-hmm. I know what it was about. Right. So Sound of Metal is about a drummer who goes from... With Riz Ahmed. Yes. Oh my God, Riz yeah. is so good in it. Ugh. Yeah. So Sound of Metal is about a drummer who loses his hearing and he specifically, he's a hardcore drummer. So I think Something that attracted me to that film was that in a movie that seemed like it had the possibility to be very saccharine or overly sentimental, you had this kind of like hardcore element that was driving through it and somebody who was struggling that did not have any sort of like warmth or neat feelings towards his disability. Whereas I think Coda, from what I understand, 
was kind of aiming to teach hearing people about the deaf community and why and invite them into that world. So a totally. little bit of a different approach for sure, but I, I'm interested to compare and contrast those two when I see Coda this year. Yeah, there's a scene in Coda where I think you can like hear a, a pin drop in like wherever you are. And it's when she's singing on stage and you hear her singing beautifully. She's singing, you're all I need to get by. And this entire, in front of an entire audience, she's singing at her school recital. And you can see the audience, people have tears in their eyes and people are clapping and, and like, you know, like moving with her song. And then all of a sudden the whole thing kind of cuts out the same way it would if you kind of went underwater and you see her parents watching and it is just dead silent. And they did such a great job at like viscerally kind of showing what that experience was like. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I finished the movie last night. I obviously was incredibly emotional and overwhelmed. And I was like, this is such a unique story. And it's so beautifully done. And the acting is, and it is amazing that I'm just like, why wouldn't this win? Like, this is so powerful and so such a a moving movie for so many people. Why wouldn't it win? I have one reason. Like the power of the dog. I have one reason is that I don't think Coda will do well with international audiences. Yeah. I mean, look, it was so funny. I brought it up to my sister this morning and she was like, I watched that in August. Ooh. Yeah. So it's been one of these things that I know it's been out for a long time. Mm. So I I can see how it has to regain that momentum. It does. Mm -hmm. And now I see it everywhere. All over Sunset Boulevard. There's, you know, obviously because Oscar prep and buzz and all that. It's everywhere. But yeah, it's interesting how movies like that, that are genuinely so good, sometimes just don't hit and they take a long time to get there. So curious. We'll be right back after a quick break. I'm heading on a much-deserved vacation next week. No, I'm not going to tell you where because you're just going to have to wait and see. But I'm beginning to pack my swimsuits, and I have to tell you about the cutest new suits I got from Vitamin A just in time for summer. The first one is a very classic black suit, but so flattering. It's their demi top in black, and I got it with their California high leg in black as well to match. I have a bit of a smaller bust, but it's the perfect cut for any size with amazing support and in so many colors besides black that make you just so excited to hit the beach. My bottoms are definitely a bit more of a low cheeky fit, but they also have high rise styles for anyone's comfortability. I also got the moss top in a sea green, which I can't wait to wear with a tan. It is so gorgeous. It's a green silver color that I just know will be a hit all summer long. As a California girl, I've been wearing vitamin A for as long as I can remember. It's sustainably produced and made locally in California. Their bikinis, bodysuits, and loungewear are designed to last with exceptional quality and a flawless fit. Plus, their colors are gorgeous. I know I said earlier that I got black. We all need a classic swimsuit here and there, but we're talking coppers and ocean blues, and they have a fit for everyone. What I love most about wearing vitamin A is that they've been giving back from the start. Every vitamin A purchase prioritizes the health of our planet through their partnership with 1% for the planet. They give back a portion from every sale to organizations that protect our oceans. So head over to vitaminaswim.com and get those suits ready for summer. Use code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's vitaminaswim.com and use code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Now let's get back to the show. So this is far and away, it's going to be one of the weirdest years for the Oscars for many reasons, like beyond just like the show, but like it's going to be one of the weirdest years because of how split up the nominations are. Right. I think for sure, and we can jump into this in a second, but the power of the dog is going to take sweep. this picture. I and completely agree, by the way. I don't know. I don't know about sweep because we have some very weird split nominees and categories here. And one of those is that, like, I think that Troy, I think it's Troy Kotsur, Kotsur from CODA is going to take best supporting actor. 
Yes. I don't think that it's just going to be like power of the dog all the way down. I don't think so either. Like Cody Smith McPhee was mm-hmm. was amazing, but I don't know if he would take it. No, I'm really, I'm really, we'll see. I don't know if he'll take it. Tempted. I will say though, like love that he's in there because something I noticed about this year was like, it's all kind of really established OG Hollywood actors. Mm-hmm. And I always love when that like young newcomer is in there. Like last year, two years ago, we had Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. And like, I always love when there's that kind of oddball in there. Yes. Um, that you're, Like the underdog that you're rooting for. Yeah. Who might not win, but at least like, wow, oh like God. let's see how that career goes 100%. now that she's an Academy Award nominated actress. Yeah, absolutely. She had what, like four films in 2019 that were all just like stunningly good. Yeah, yeah. she's she's on a tear and I'm sure that Cody will enjoy a similar right. Sometimes people get great buzz for their first. No, I think he's gonna keep going. He was an X Men. Like he's had a great situation. He's got such a cool first recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got such a cool look. I don't think he's gonna get it. No, I don't think he's gonna get it. But But I do think it's one of those. The nomination is what kicks off a larger career for them. So yes, even though I ranted about Coda for a while, Mm -hmm. I still stand firm in my original belief Mm -hmm. that I said at the beginning of the show, which is that Oscars always lean very industry Mm -hmm. and power of the dog is like peak industry film. What did you think of Power of the Dog? Loved it. Loved it. First movie, actually. First movie in my life I've ever had to look up an ending explained video for. I don't go for ending explains. I don't do it. I hate them. I I want people to understand it themselves, you know? But I won't lie. We're not going to spoil anything here. Mm -hmm. But the ending was a bit ambiguous. You had to really... Alex and I saw it. We spent Saturday night watching it. Mm -hmm. And I think both of us were maybe slightly halfway through the movie hesitant. We were like, are we in this? Are we not? And I think that's what's so lovely about the movie Seduction is it like slowly slowly turns the heat up. Yes. And like Mm -hmm. really pulls you in. The ending is not so obvious. You have to really be looking at the details to be like, yep, that's exactly what just fucking happened. Absolutely. And then your jaw drops and you're like, wow, what a film. I loved it. Like loved it, loved it, loved it. I never thought I would want to see Benedict Cumberbatch as a cowboy. Mm -hmm. But like, wow. Yeah. I remember sitting down and one of the first things that I said, maybe in the first 10 minutes was, this is a Oscar worthy role. Like this is, this performance has made me actually view this person in a totally different way. And oh my God, it was so hot. Like it was really challenging. Like the beard, the scrub, cowboys, really the chaps, the whole like thing. It was too. like yeah. really, I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. I'll say this. I think Benedict's choices of and his physicality were impeccable. Impeccable. Incredible. Absolutely like embodied the character. I still don't know in my heart of hearts that he was the best person for this role. Well, so this is something I feel like that is often talked about especially this year. I feel like we've had a lot of very, very strange casting choices. Mm-hmm. My mind immediately goes to Jared Leto and House of Gucci. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell and the Batman. House of Gucci. House of Gucci. <laughs> what I loved about the movie as a whole, and I'll reference a scene that I think Benedict was like, <laughs> at, mm-hmm. definitely maybe his, you know, I love sitting here being like, what's the Oscar, what's the Oscar clip for them? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like in the Oscars, oh, when they show the clip. Yes, 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 yes. I think the clip is def- for Cody Smith McPhee is definitely the sharing of the cigarette. Yes, incredible. The Can't way wait. his eyes changed, unbelievable. Can't wait. I think that this whole movie was, so, and I keep referencing this because I do think this is something that like impacts me as a movie viewer. 
This movie was so in the nuance. Yes. There was no crazy action scene. There was no crazy battle, war, fight. Nothing. It was in all All these these little little moments. Attitudes Mm. towards each other. And the moment where she's playing the piano and she can't get it right. And Ooh. we're talking about Kristen Dunn. Kristen Dunn, she can't, she's trying to learn how to play the piano because her husband is inviting people over and he's putting this crazy pressure on her to learn mm-hmm. how to play the piano. She can't do it. For the rich people. For the like rich people, she, like the governor. Who is basically just like a fish out of water right. in this. Yeah. Right. Very, Imagine very, the anxiety. Very, very, so much tension that you could like cut with a knife. Yeah. And out walks Benedict on the second floor with his banjo looking hot as fuck. Just playing the tune on the banjo, Mm-mm. won't even look at her in the eye, Mm-mm. but just like cut her off by her legs, mm-hmm. like cut her off 100%. and was just like, you're out. Like you don't know how to do this. And here I am. And it was, again, it was a movie that was so much about those little human exchanges and how that can upend someone's entire life. Yes. Like Kristen Dunst. Absolutely. And I feel like too, this movie was very much about how abuse is not, does not have to be violent. Yes. What this movie does very effectively is makes you feel the oppression and fear and just the anxiety of knowing that someone could be around the corner who means you ill, who will never raise a hand to you, right? It's the fear that his presence creates. His presence is violence, which was, that's, I think, where I was like, he really excelled with physicality. He didn't often have to say anything to put the fear of God into Kirsten Dunn's character. Oh, you're like squirming watching it. Yes. I, squir- and the I music was squirming quite cool. a bit. Music did that too, but wow. But that's why I think that although it is, again, not a major feel-good crowd pleaser, no. like no. there's a lot in there that I think gives it best picture. 100%. And it swept the words. Like statistically, for anybody who's like yes. playing their Sound office awards, pool. Yes, like we're talking BAFTAs, Critics' Choice Awards, and the DGA. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about awards really quickly. Do you think, okay, first of all, Power of the Dog, I've never really experienced a movie that has so much drama around it. Mm -hmm. So many people making commentary and so many random characters being roped into the drama. Yeah, for sure. First, we had the Sam Elliott commentary. Sam Elliott went on Mark Maron and basically, you know, was like, what is this? Basically, like, hated on the movie big time. And Sam Elliott is from not, Sacramento. He's not from Texas, but he's his family has lived in yes. Texas for like six generations. So he was like, I know Texas. I know the West. Right. For those his, of you who right. don't know Sam Elliott, it was Bradley Cooper's brother in Star Is Born. So we're talking like quintessential. And he's in 1883. Mm-hmm. Best known cowboy. for his mustache. Best mm-hmm. known for that mustache. Yeah. Having a major career resurgence right now. But yeah, it was so random. Kind of came out of left field. He was very much like, this is not what it's really like. He seemed to take t- to take issue with the fact that this was supposed to be a representation of right. life in 1925 Montana, which I don't think it was. I think it was meant to make us just think differently about history and what, you know, what people were like in different points. I, I think people really, no matter what time you go back to in history, people are people, baby, you know? Like, yeah. I think the next thing that happened, of course, was at the Critics' Choice Awards when Jane was making her accepting speech. Ugh. And basically was like... <laughs> She cued it up. She like teed it up by saying, I started playing tennis after watching King Richard, which I would love to talk about King Richard. Yes, we'll get there. But yeah, like she teed it up by saying that I started playing tennis after watching King Richard. Like, I wish, you know, Will Smith was there to teach me. She's like, this was awesome. So she started by giving like snaps. Right. And then weirdly, it didn't end there. She was just like, like, yep, loved it. Like, thanks so much. I'm so glad to be here. 
Instead, it seemed to be like a weird setup for a punchline that maybe she thought in her mind was funny. And she, from that, said, I have to admit, though, Venus and Serena don't have to compete with the men like I do. Which I... I, Just even... Just boneheaded moment. Really boneheaded moment. I was curious to hear your thoughts on whether you think that this could potentially change anything in the Oscars. Because for me, I finished Power of the Dog Saturday night Mm -hmm. and was gung-ho for Power of the Dog. Like, I was going to be a dog for Halloween, for God's sake, at this point. Like, I loved it. And I was like, I cannot wait to watch the sweep. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. Obviously, after seeing that happen on Monday, I was like, I can't be as pro this anymore. I I, think... That comment was just so... Yeah, first of all, the comment was awful and stupid. And uh... Venus's face was like... Yeah, I know. I was like... I'm curious to hear your thoughts so... on whether you think moments like this really change the trajectory of how something wins. Like, she's not speaking with they win. <laughs> the Academy is... Old and white. And white. <laughs> I don't think that most members of the academy will be changed by this. However, it's a shame that Jane's very, in my opinion, like very foolish antics, objectively, none of my opinion, very foolish antics and, and boneheaded speech there is upstaging what was a very strong narrative. PR narrative for this film, Kirsten Dunst and her husband, Jesse Plemons, are both nominated. They got his and hers nominations. Right. But now it's being, all of that is being superseded by this just kind of like ludicrous, brash, white feminism kind of comment that is just like, wow, like you really aren't thinking about your peers as equals. You're just seeing right. somehow as like, yeah, you got to one up them. Like, right. what? So insane. But yeah, I don't think it will hurt its chances, actually. I, I know I understand that perception totally. It'll hurt its chances in, you know, a jury of our peers for sure. But I don't think it will with Academy voters. Also, I just, that comment was so just not First of all, it wasn't true, no. but also it was just, I don't know what her intention was with that. Venus and Serena have obviously fought so many uphill battles, but not even that. To make this movie, like they co-produced it. Yeah. They put their time and money behind it. Like, no, they're going against the guys too. Absolutely. It was just like, I, I couldn't believe when I was watching that. I was like, no, just why? But so yeah, I wanted to see if that was something that you thought would, would potentially wreck something, but I don't think it will. I just feel like it's worth noting too that in all of this Jane Campion is the daughter of an heiress and an opera director it's weird to like even start making those comparisons right and saying like oh yeah I you didn't have to fight against the boys it's like well like you also didn't have to fight against the budget yeah like like a very like stereotypically white sport yeah 100% I'm just just like like the the two people you cannot ever knock down in my mind, are Venus 100%. and Serena. Yeah. Especially after seeing King Richard. Which I loved. Loved. Mm-hmm. If you guys have not seen it, go see it. And if you want to learn more, go to my Forbes channel because yeah. I interviewed Serena. Mm-hmm. Shameless plug. Ooh. Thank you. But it was such a beautiful story. And I'm really glad that Will Smith was nominated because what yes. a cool thing for him. I think he's going to win. I really do. Yep. I think he has a very strong chance. And I'm talking statistically. I mean, like, he's sweeping up these awards shows like it's nobody's business. And he also has the little tip of, like, you're you're familiar, I'm sure, with, like, the idea that, like, the Academy likes to give legacy awards, right? And I don't mean, like, a literal legacy award, but just, like, when somebody has had an astonishing career and they get nominated eventually, years out, like, like Leo DiCaprio, like, Kate, Kate Winslet, and then they win, and they're not really winning for that project, but more because the Academy has had a long time 
and right. notice their illustrious entertainment career and wants to recognize them for their achievements right. with an Oscar. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, Will Smith is that guy. He is that guy. You're right. I can't fight that. I, I really was like, is Benedict going to take it? Yeah, I know. I, that 100%. Was, that's percent, kind of I my like. thought. There's certainly a chance, but I think it's between the two of them for me. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like Benedict Will- is the runner up. I would love to see Will Smith win. Me like, too. That Wouldn't would that be a great really speech? Feel good and like awesome. Mm. And let's. Andrew Garfield was phenomenal. You said the magic words, honey. <laughs> was phenomenal and like was love <laughs> to see him win. But I also think that like that was that movie's too niche. I don't know that it is. I, I think really it's totally don't too know niche. That it is. I don't know that it is. Can I tell you why? Tell me why. You are. You and I, we love the movies. We love cinema. Mm, we, we love, love theater. the movies. We love the movies. Put me in the Nicole Kidman striped suit and have me do the mm. AMC ad. Oh any my God. Day, okay. Yes. Heartbreak does feel good in a place like this. She knows the lines. <laughs> it's so crazy. It does. Like, I, I love going to the movies. Mm. I also grew up as a performer. Like, I, at my, in my soul, I'm a theater kid. Mm-hmm. Like, watching those scenes in Tick, Tick, Boom, where you see, like, literally the history of. Broadway, mm-hmm. like Broadway royalty. Yes. Like Alex was like, cool, what is this? The movie was magical. But mm-hmm. that, those moments made the movie 10 times more magical. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in yeah. on the bit, mm-hmm. you lost a little bit of it. So that's why I say it's kind of yeah. niche. Mm, yeah. And you know what? I feel like though, I, I mean, kind of niche, kind of niche. You're right. Because I feel like if you go into this movie cold and you are going to turn 30 in the next 24 months, this movie will destroy you in the best way. If you are nowhere near 30 or you are long past 30, I'm not sure how the movie will hit you. I'm delighted that he got the nomination. I truly am. And I I think he has a shot at uh, at winning. I don't think it will. I think he'll go on to do many other excellent roles and get the award for something like that, something else. But I think even if you don't have an understanding of all the Broadway powerhouses that they brought into this movie, and honestly, because frankly, like some of Lin-Manuel Miranda's finest work, it felt like it didn't, felt like it didn't have, you know, too much of the like saccharine, like right. over, yeah. you know, or I think this movie rules, right? Rules. Like this movie just so, rules. It's, so it's good. fluid, it's artful, it's intelligent. And only Andrew Garfield, I really feel like this could have played this role the way he did. He brought Yes. His emotional warmth to it, his Andrew self. like, And only a movie this good could get Vanessa Hudgens to be wearing a custom Versace dress at an award show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was, like, genuinely a delight in this. You know? I was like... She was great. I actually remember grabbing my coffee table being like, is Vanessa Hudgens having a resurgence, but, like, a chic resurgence? <laughs> the Vanessa Hudgens thoughts? Like, <laughs> you're, like... Everybody, like, mm-hmm. gird your loins. Yes. Uh-huh. Like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. She was wearing the most gorgeous. She looked phenomenal. Was that? God, she did. That was the SAG Awards. She was yes. wearing mm-hmm. a custom Versace. It was gorgeous on her. She had a blunt haircut. It was so the cool. The glam was perfect. And I was just like, whoa. Okay, yeah. I'm ready. Let's do it. Yes. And only a movie like this could really do that for her. Granted, her performance was great. It was relatively small. Mm-hmm. But it takes a really good movie to be able to to take you out of Disneyland. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well said. Well said. We'll be right back after a quick break. As you guys know, I am a major fan of Diggs Pet. And if you're a dog parent, you're going to want to keep listening because I have a discount code on all of their amazing products. Diggs Pet is my go-to for all things pet training. They offer a wide range of crates and training tools that have become both my puppy Bodie's safe places at home, but also my lifesavers. When Diggs CEO Zell adopted his rescue dog, he found that there weren't that many high-quality, well-designed products out there for her. He founded Diggs to give pet parents a better option. 
Their hero product is the Revel Crate, which after an entire year of having Bodhi, it is still his favorite place on earth. When buying a Diggs Crate, your dog is getting the very best. It's an attractive, collapsible dog crate that's easy to set up, transport, and store. It literally takes me 10 seconds to break this crate down, and the wheels make it incredibly easy to get from our house to the car to our next destination, all while making sure that Bodhi's favorite place is with us wherever we go. I'm also obsessed with their group toy. This made it so easy to house train Bodhi, especially as I was starting to leave him at home alone. It made him fall in love with his crate. The toy actually locks right onto the front door and you can fill it with anything from their food to Bodhi's personal favorite, peanut butter. Diggs even makes their own called the Golden Delicious that has Bodhi acting like a golden child the second that I bring it around. He loves it. The licking also helps to calm dogs down and associates their crate with all the happiest memories. These items are at the top of my must-have list for dog parents, so visit digs.pet and use code PODCAST20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's digs.pet and use code PODCAST20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Have you guys tried the fastest growing cereal brand in America right now? Well, I have, and it gives me all the nostalgia, comfort food, late night munchy feels, but without the guilt. Meet Catalina Crunch, a cereal that has all the flavor and crunch, but without the empty carbs. It's a zero sugar, keto friendly, and low carb cereal that packs a whopping 11 grams of plant-based protein and nine grams of fiber per serving. They have eight crave-worthy flavors, so there's something for everyone, and you're never going to have to sacrifice your favorites. They have cinnamon toast, decadent dark chocolate, and creamy chocolate peanut butter. Personally, I love the cinnamon toast. It's become my midday snack. It's crunchy, just like our classic beloved cereal, but it's gluten-free, grain-free, non-GMO, and only has clean, real ingredients. You can enjoy it at any time of the day, guilt-free, in any way you want except for the people who don't add milk to your cereal. I don't know if we can be friends. Catalina Crunch is the cereal we deserve and can finally indulge in guilt-free. Go to catalinacrunch.com backslash friend for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's catalinacrunch.com slash friend. Are you not sure which flavor to try first? Try the variety pack and check out their delicious cookies and snack mixes while you're at it. Again, that's catalinacrunch.com backslash friend for 15% off your first order and free shipping. Now let's get back to the show. We hit actors, lead actors. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is truly this is the really diciest hard, hard, of- Hard, 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 This is insane. Um, oh, I want to quickly God. preface before we get into actress mm-hmm. in a leading role that I have not seen Lost Daughter. Yeah, nor have I. I have not seen Eyes of Tammy Faye mm-hmm. and I have not seen Parallel Mothers. Mm-hmm. All three movies, which I'm dying to see, but mm-hmm. just didn't have a second to do it. Yeah. I will say though, and I'm so, guys, I'm so sorry. I really am so sorry, but I have to be honest. Spencer was the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah! I'm so glad you said it. I'm so glad you said it. Thank you. I want to quickly rewind <sighs> two months, a month and a half ago from this moment. Yeah. Christiana and I are sitting at dinner. It's about to be my birthday. Mm-hmm. And Christiana looks at me and goes, okay, like it's your birthday night. You've got all your friends and you're out. One person shows up and you're about to spend the whole night with them and have the best time. Who is it? Now, this question to me is, I answered it the same way I answer when people ask me, ask me, who is the dream podcast guest? Yeah. For me, I don't have a dream person that I'm always inching towards. Besides it's, me. Besides you, but mm-hmm. you get to come on. That's right. Mm-hmm. This is the dream. dream Living reality. the dream, baby. For me, it's always who's in the moment that I'm dying to hear from. So yes. like back then, I remember we talked about like Sydney Sweeney, peak euphoria, mm-hmm. peak talking about how her body was so objectified. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to give this girl a mic. Like I want to hear what she Smart. has to say. Yeah. Smart. Mm-hmm. Now I think like Simone Ashley, who's about mm-hmm. to blow up in Bridgerton, like yeah. people like that. 
my mind. Mm-hmm. In that moment, yep. I looked at you and I said, Kristen Stewart. 100%. And I was like, I say that because for a few reasons. One, like what a crazy career this person has had. I know. Two, she's very opinionated and I love that about her. Yeah. Like I love she's that. She's also very smart. Yeah. I love that I can agree, disagree, and just kind of, I've also said this many times on the show. I'm a Twilight kid. And three, I was in Paris a few years ago for a Chanel thing. And it was like a three-day trip. It was all for Chanel Beauty. We learned like all about their products. And it culminated in a night on a boat on the River Seine with all of their ambassadors and then like small fish like me. So yes, I got stuck on a boat in Paris with Kristen Stewart for three hours because she was there because she's a Chanel ambassador. Rude ass bitch. She just seemed so cool. Like she, she could so hang. Cool. She yes. could hang. And I was like, yeah, I want her on my birthday. Like, yes. yeah, I want her on my birthday. 100%. I still do look, she's really cool, but I am baffled mm-hmm. at how she got an Oscar nomination. Okay, I'm going to say this. She is the only Oscar nominee for Best Actress whose film won no other Oscar nominations. Her performance in it, in my opinion, is still really, really strong for her. It was an incredible pick. Good, she good, chose, great like, wording. chose to expand herself. She has incredible range. She really does, as an actress, incredible range. I think I, hair flip, got to see her because she surprised everyone at our screening. After I saw Spencer... She walked in and everybody knew there would be a special Q&A. So like me and my friends were like, let's get the gays together. Like is, right, she's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. So it was fantastic. She really, really well-spoken, obviously. I know people love to make the joke that she's, you know, she's like in her head. But no, I love she, her. it's I because love she's thinking so deeply yeah. about everything that she's doing. So for her to like come back up to the surface, surface, it just takes time. But I think she just had a, she just had a great conversation. Opinions. The Ninth Street Y in New York. It's mm-hmm. probably on YouTube. Check it out. It was amazing. But oh, can't wait to watch. I'm with you. Like, yeah. but I just was like, why is this? Yeah. I, I really I, did not I, enjoy after, that movie. After 10 I really minutes, didn't. I was the first 10 minutes. I was like, I need to turn this off, but I can't turn this off. I have to form my opinion. But like, holy shit. And also the Chanel. This, the Chanel in that movie was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. But mm-hmm. this movie was about nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was about nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was meant to be a portrayal of something that really happened. But I'm like, did she really freak out about Anne Boleyn? And guys, mm-hmm. you can correct me if you know that this is part of history, but it was so odd. Yeah. I mean, my mom, like most moms, is a Princess Diana freak. Right. Right. So I, I literally, I know she's read every book that exists on the subject and she's never mentioned it. I don't think she would like this movie. It, it was I don't so think weird. it was meant to capture specifically like Diana Spencer as you know, as the public knows her, I think the whole point was similar to Power of the Dogs to capture like, the, an, a, a, like a, a dark, mythical, very dark, dark fairy tale version, dark side. right? Of yeah, she something. was not the people's princess in this film. No, not at all. She yeah. like, she was just like a fucked up girl looking for her own peace of mind. Eternal yeah. Sunshine. Um. <laughs> 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 Funniest thing you've said in the past 25 minutes. Oh. 50 minutes. Holy shit. Going. Thank you. Okay. I'm taking that to heart. I'm yeah, going to cry tonight. <laughs> But listen, like, uh, yeah, no, it just didn't do it for me. I'm shocked that she was nominated. I'm really proud that we're currently in the era of Batman and Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Like, feels great. Mm -hmm. Feels like evolution is happening. Yeah. I Okay, pitch. Pitch. Ooh, big pitch. I want to see them together again in a Revolutionary Road type movie. Yeah. Let that move through your body. Let the spirit compel you. I want you guys to know I had just a full like body convulsion because Revolutionary Road is like, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a very, 
very hard film to watch. Hard film it's to a watch. feel bad. It's a feel bad movie. I don't think for sure. that would be healthy for them. I, think I don't think great. that would be healthy for That's them. That's actually a great point. They would hate that. I'm sure they don't talk. Like there's a part of me that like anytime I want to act, I'm like, oh my God, I would love to like do a scene from Re- from Revolutionary Road because I'm like, oh my God, you're just screaming and you're so fucking angry. And like That's what you want to do in your favorite movies you're just coda. But you're like, <laughs> if I chose a scene to do from a movie, it'd be from Revolutionary Listen, Road. Listen, guys. <laughs> I have range, okay? <laughs> she has so much range. She's got range. Um, but no, so I'm so glad that we aligned on this because I was really scared that you were mm-hmm. going to be like, I didn't like it. No, I really, you were, you were scared that I was going to say, I did like I it. I did like it. Yeah. yeah, I was like, fuck. No, I really did not enjoy that movie at all. I think, like I said, like Kristen Stewart did an incredible job like stretching herself and I think it was a great choice for her. I think the nomination personally is deserved, but otherwise... There's no nothing no, else. Confusing. I will never watch that movie again in ever, my life. Ever. There's one movie that I actually personally think should win Best Picture, and this is my opinion, my opinion only, and it was my favorite movie that I've seen in the past decade. I loved Dune. Dune? You loved Dune? I loved Dune. That's awesome. Oh, my God. I'm so happy you loved Dune. Did you hate Dune? No, not at all. Okay. It didn't grab me the way I wanted it to. Oh, it didn't I, take me away. It I shouldn't grabbed say, me and grabbed me, me to, to Oscar Isaac's room. Is where it's <laughs> No, I, I'll just say, I should say, it did grab me. It didn't take me away. And I think those okay. are two different things. But I think this movie, like, Dune has long been heralded as an unmakeable movie. Right. Like, and so David then, Lynch tried and couldn't. <laughs> so then for it to be made as that? As impeccably as it was. I, and it made you want more. It, yeah, I was dying. Mm-hmm. Like, if they hadn't announced maybe three days after I saw it that part two was coming out, I would have yeah, been like... we would have crawled into a hole. I'd been like, hello? Oh, what the hell am I supposed to do? I don't know. I just think that that was one of those movies where I went and saw it in theaters, which, mm-hmm. thank God, because it was a visual marvel. Yeah. And then I saw it again at home two days later because I just oh, had great. to. I had the oh, itch. I was fantastic. like, I need to see this again. Yes. What captured you about it? It makes me so happy. I love sci-fi. Yeah, My no. My favorite movies ever yes. are, like... Arrival, mm-hmm. Interstellar. Great picks. E.T. was my favorite movie growing up. Oh. So something about sci-fi to me are, is like very, very captivating. Like I... Have you seen Annihilation? No, but okay. I keep You'll getting love. told I need to we'll watch Annihilation. You'll love, yeah. We'll um, discuss later. Like I was at John and Vinny's eating the other day. Nice. Good and, choice. Oh, so good. Our favorite spot. Mm. And the waiter came out and had, if you've seen Arrival, the aliens make very specific imprints. Yeah. Not imprints, but they're, they're like their symbols. language is mm-hmm. their symbols. And he had the symbol for human on his arm. Whoa. And I looked at him and even Alex, like my, and my sister who know that I am a diehard arrival kid. Freak. Mm-hmm. Literally, they're both freak. like, oh no. And I was like, what? is that an arrival symbol? And he's like, yeah, man. And I'm like, what does it mean? And he's like, it's the sign for human. And I was like, well, I think you're my human. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Bye, Alex. Yeah, no. Like, See you later. I, yeah, no, I've always like nerded That's out over that. so, so cool. Yeah, I love sci-fi. But oh, I was never so a Star Wars or mm-hmm. Star Trek kid. Yeah, no, there's so many different roads into yeah. sci-fi. I really think like Star Wars is, is so much fun. I love it so much. But like there's so much more out there. And yeah. Dune is a great example. Obviously, visually a feast. Dazzling. The wardrobe mm-hmm. was as like a fashion lover watching the, Beautiful. like it was just stunning. The yes. dresses, that blue moment was oh, like, Something that I was just like, wow, like I haven't seen something like this in a long time. Yes, I, I was like, it, yeah. it feels like fashion is going to arrive at these moments. Yes. I was like, this felt like exactly what I want to be wearing. Oh, you know? and there was a very, very obvious, I don't know if my fashion people listening right now can see this connection, but after Dune came out, Cerulean Blue and like this deep, this like beautiful blue 
started to trickle into a lot of collections. Like oh. Christopher Esber has this like very yes. similar blue that she was wearing. Oh my God. And it's things like that that you kind of notice where you're just yeah. like, where did that come from? And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it was you're from tracing it back to this photo one. that was posted all over my Instagram of people being like, holy shit, this was gorgeous. Yes. And it so is little right. moments like that that mm-hmm. I think do kind of get into people's psyche about like what they want to be wearing. Yes. And at least for me, like I wore blue subconsciously after that yeah. all the time. Ooh, I really feel like cobalt blue is color of 2022, but I know it's different from Cerulean, but that's still my there. pick. Still mm-hmm. there. I think it's 100%. very much that. Definitely. That striking. Yeah. But so uh, that, like man. the visuals, the cool. cast to me mm-hmm. was so unexpected, but mm-hmm. so next level. Mm-hmm. I listened to a podcast that Denis did where he was talking about how he picked every person for the role. And of course, he brought in people that he's worked on his prior movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Arrival is a Denis movie as well. But just like hearing the way that he like picked certain people for this role, like the Josh yeah. Brolin role to me was so unexpected, but he fantastic was fantastic. He was fantastic. Pick. Like the scene yes. where he's telling him that like Harkonnens are brutal. You're just like chills. You're like, oh my God, Amazing. Like, you are like a war guy. I'm going to say this. Do not hate me. I have oh. never been. I love Timmy, but I've never been like swoon for Timmy. Oh, ever. no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I, that's just not my type. Uh, both pushing in 30s. So. Yeah, I'm like, mm, you know, no. But I will say, though, in this movie, unbelievable. I was like, Denise captured something so important yeah. that I think not enough people have really like leaned into with him, which is that Timmy Chalamet looks like a sickly young emperor to be, <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is like, totally. uh, this really totally. is. Like, he looks, he has totally. this like weird historical look. Yep. But he, knows. he looks very, there's yeah. like a lot of like, history to him. He yes. looks very um right. he like looks ancestral. Like, he looks like he's going to be a young heir, yes. right? Yeah. And he looks like he might die of a very easy easy to survive <laughs> viral illness of some kind. Like he's gonna die from typhoid or something. 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 Timmy of t- Timmy is gonna die from typhoid. That that look though in the scope and scale of Dune, where it's just like, oh, you are inheriting so much beyond what yeah. your comprehension is and you just have to step up to the plate and be that. Oh my God. He really, that was just It was there. It was, beautiful it was gorgeous. Yeah. So I'm I know that this is like a curveball, but this is very true to me and my sci-fi love. I love Dune. And I like, if That's it was great. up to me, I'd be this like, so let this thing win because it was just visually insane. And like what mm-hmm. a movie. Like so ambitious. So ambitious. Really I loved can't it. wait for number two. Yeah. Is there anyone that because I feel like we've just been like talking about people we love on this specific Oscar? award season circuit that has just been, you've been like, oh my God, I'd die for this person. Mike Feist, who was in West Side Story. I haven't seen it. Okay, so he really was wonderful. And he's also just been so supportive of Ariana DeBose. Like, oh, I know exactly who this is. Yes. Because I've seen the like gushy, cute love. Looks like a little like young John Mulaney. <laughs> Which we need a new one. To be we need a new one. I just took the words out of my mouth. I was like, great, <laughs> line him up. Line, line him up. Let's go, boys. We're having tryouts. Line him up. He's so wonderful. I think he was somebody that I really, really would have loved to have seen get a nomination for Best Supporting Character or Best Supporting Actor. So he he seems wonderful. I love that he's risen to the occasion to support Ariana and like really show up for her and be adorable. Yeah. It's been really cool following Rachel Zegler on Twitter or Zegler yeah. on Twitter. She's fantastic. She's super funny, super smart. I'm just so excited to see who wears Valentino pink at the Oscars. Yes. I am dying. Yes, I'm yes, like, yes, who's yes, going to do yes. it? 100%. And who's going to do it in like the big way? Not the cute, like, 
No, like, not like a handbag. No, you know, not like an not accent. Like, not like mm-hmm. a show outfit that Zendaya is going to wear. Like, mm-hmm. what are you wearing on the carpet of the Oscars that is actually mm-hmm. highlighter pink? It like, really I can't is. wait. Oh my God, it's my number one favorite. Like, the Oscars is just one of my favorite days of the whole year. I love it so much. I really can't wait. I also just really quickly, I did want to get into this. So I know that we talked very briefly about, like, why, why the Oscars is, like, kind of a mess this year and was kind of a mess last year which is that, like, obviously they had an insane dip in viewership. Right. Right? So they've been doing a few things that I think are kind of wacky in order to try and, like, get people back in. Which like is, weird hosts? No, they cut eight categories. <gasps> yes. I'm so glad you're breaking this up. devastating. So I was reading an article about this yesterday. And yes, I'm sorry I said the weird host thing, but, like, I just think it's kind of no, random. But also, you know, I yeah. don't think the hosts were a good choice. Weird. I think it's, we'll, I'll be shocked. Wanda Sykes is hilarious. She's so oh funny God. in the her other two. Special, oh, my God. But Her special, I shed tears. Like, oh I cried. She's I'm laughing so hard. She's amazing. She delivers. Genuinely, her delivery is just unbelievable. But I don't think, I think the trio energy is going to feel very weird. Mm-hmm. My weird pick, if, if you want me to have one weird pitch for who could host Can't the Oscars, wait. that'd be really fun. It would be Idris Elba and John Cena together. They were so, so funny together in The Suicide Squad, which I actually hadn't seen. Really enjoyed their okay. energy, and it is very funny. They're just basically they're they're kind of enemies, and then they become much more enemies. Right. As the film goes on. But their energy together is very much like, stop hitting me, stop hitting me. You know, like he's such, <laughs> and we have like, like two handsome day. meatballs. Like you know, yeah. they're two handsome meatballs. They're both very charismatic. Everyone loves them. I think that's maybe the kind of energy that could carry a three-hour-long show. It feels like the the guy who's producing um, the show this year, Will Packer, um, he's produced uh, produced a lot of like commercial movies. Like Girls Trip is one of his his biggest hits. Okay, and I actually don't think that's the energy that I want at the Oscars. So I, I don't know. I don't want like somebody who's he's been saying like movie lovers unite. That's going to be the theme every time the Academy Awards tries movie to do like unite. this one is for the movie lovers or something like that. This one's all about the movies. It's, the movies uh, is just what, too. Like, too it's like already, nebulous. It's about the, the movies. Yeah, it's like already about the movies. movies. So it shouldn't yeah. be a movie themed show. Look, it's like, weird. It's like theming a school dance, school dance. You and I talk about this all the time. You've got to give people the glamour. Yeah, I know. That's people what we want. want. People want, like, especially I want, now when I'm at home with my sweatpants. Yeah. Pants. Like, yeah. I want, like, I'm watching Gilded Age right now, which I love. Mm-hmm. And it's like a perfect blend of, like, high society, posh Hollywood glam and, like, kind of like humor, yeah. like just, just little snide remarks. I, I hope. Yeah. I keep telling people it's the perfect balance of Bridgerton and succession. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And you, you told want, me that. I love that. I just told you that. Okay. I just got told. That's like the energy I want. It's at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I want the glam, but yeah. I also want to be able to make fun of the glam. Yes. The in glam a, and in the a snark. In a sophisticated way. Yes. I don't want it to be stupid. No, I don't either. I really don't think that broad humor is like what I want to bring. I want, truly like bring in the people who write succession bring oh Jesse Armstrong oh in into oh the God. writers room and listen like there are astonishingly good like long standing writers of the oscars that have done great but i think you're absolutely right in striking kind of like a succession tone where it's yeah. like we know that this is a joke a joke and that there's so much money going into this right. but you're still going to love us at the end yeah you know like we're bad people but you love yeah, us it's so fun we're here we're fun yeah. let's hang out being the, a good hang. I want the Oscars to be a good, good hang. hang. The cutting of categories to me was a big no for me. Big dog. no. I read an article about the fact that they were chopping it up to space in the tent. 
And I was like, no, like you just want a, you don't want to be rushing through a show. Cutting the nerd category. Exactly. And there was something that Jessica Chastain said the other day, I believe she was on NPR. Mm -hmm. And she said, I do not care if I get in trouble for not doing the red carpet at the Oscars, but you better believe that I'm going to be present for my hair and makeup category who carried Eyes of Tammy Faye. Absolutely. She was like, they transformed me every single day and this would not have happened without them. So like, sorry, you're going to miss me on the carpet, but I will be watching that category from home. Absolutely. I think that's, it's going to take hair and makeup hands down. Eyes of Tammy Faye, no doubt about it. But like, it's that ethos that it's like, these stars, like, okay, sure, they love getting the nomination, but like, I think that they're all also like, this is our team. Like the movie doesn't happen without them. Absolutely, it does not. And the idea too that like, the idea too that really like, we're just tuning in to look at the actors and actresses, right? Right. It's just like, I don't know. What does that say to the generation of like young people who want to be in entertainment? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, no, we're cutting costumes. I don't know. Like one of my favorite parts of the Academy Awards every year. Like stop cutting costume designer. Every year. Stop. It's, it's like so, so fun. No, it's so fun. I'm, I'm, yes, it is. But like, it's so fun when the costume designer gets up there and it's always a woman who has like really cool taste, yeah. short little pixie cut. Yep. And is like, like talks so lovingly about her husband or partner every year. And you're just like, wow, they're really in love. It's so nice. I don't want to skip that. Yeah, I don't want to skip that either. No, it's always I, somebody really cool. I don't, you know, if we can watch like the three-hour Super Bowl, yeah. let me watch a three-hour Oscar. Mm-hmm, 100%. I'm like, I want the whole thing. If you guys are on Instagram right now, which I know that you are, go to movie.brat and follow Christiana because her takes are hysterical. And by the way, like the Oscars obviously are like very highbrow movies sometimes. I feel like they're very like movies that like you have to quote unquote go see. But like you talk about everything. It's everything. so much fun. I love that. Thanks for joining me. Thanks I always so love our rants. Even too. when they are 80 minutes long. <laughs> oh, I will see you tomorrow. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for listening. I hope you enjoy the Oscars there this Sunday. Thanks for listening to us rant. Okay, bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.